0: Section 9 of Omens and Superstitions of Southern India This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org Recording by Siddharth Omens and Superstitions of Southern India by Edgar Thurston Chapter 2 Animals Part 5 Invertebrates. The Sahavasis of Mysore are described as immigrants like the Chitpavanas Sahawasi means co-tenant or associate, and the name is said to have been earned by the community in the following manner. In remote times, a certain Brahmin came upon hidden treasure, but to his amazement, the contents appeared in his eyes to be all live scorpions. Out of curiosity, he hung one of them outside his house. A little while after, a woman of inferior caste, who was passing by the house, noticed it to be gold, and upon her questioning him about it, the Brahmin espoused her, and by her means was able to enjoy the treasure. He gave a feast in honor of his acquisition of wealth. He was subsequently outcasted for his messalliance with the low-caste female, while those who ate with him were put on the ban, and thus acquired the nickname. It is commonly said that the scorpion has great reverence for the name of Kanisha because it is supposed that when on seeing a scorpion one cries out Pilyar in the name of Kanisha. The scorpion will suddenly stop, the truth of the matter being that any loud noise arrests the movements of the animal. At the temple of Kolaramma at Kolar in Mysore, a pit under the entrance is full of scorpions and the customary offerings are silver scorpions. The village goddess at Nangavaram in the Trichinapoli district is called Amman, and her idol represents her in the act of wearing a garland of scorpions. It is generally supposed that no scorpion can live in this village and that the sacred ashes from Amman's shrine are specific for scorpion stings. People sometimes carry some of the ashes about with them, in the case they should be stung. At Royachoti, in the Karapa district, a festival is held on the occasion of the god going hunting. The idol Virabhadra is carried to a mandapam outside the town and placed on the ground. Beneath the floor of the mandapam there is a large number of scorpions, which the god is taking his rest. The attendants catch these scorpions and hold them in their hands without being stung. As long as the god remains in the mandapam, the scorpions do not stink. But directly he leaves it. They resume their poisonous propensities. The pagan attendant in the zoological laboratory of one of the Madras colleges would put his hand with impunity into a jar of live scorpions of which he believed that only a pregnant female would sting him with hurt. Lieutenant Colonel D. D. Cunningham records the case of a certain yogi, religious mendicant, who was insusceptible to the stings of scorpions, which would fix their stings so firmly into his fingers that when he raised and shook his hand about, they remained anchored and dangling by the tails. Whilst neither then nor afterwards did he show the slightest sign of pain or inconvenience, The immunity may possibly have been the result of innate idiosyncratic peculiarity in the constitution of the performer or more probably represented the outcome of artificial exemption acquired at the expense of repeated inoculations with the virus and corresponding development of its antitoxin. A sweeper man who had a mole on his back in the shape of somewhat resembling a scorpion believed himself to be immune against scorpion sting and would confidently insert the poisoned spine of a live scorpion into his skin. In a letter to a medical officer, a native wrote that when a pregnant woman is stung by a scorpion, the child which is in the womb at the time of such stinging, when delivered, does not suffer from the sting of a scorpion, if ever it is stung during its lifetime. Some families keep in their homes small pots called thal-kuduk-undi, scorpion sting vessels. And occasionally drop therein a copper coin, which is supposed to secure immunity against scorpion sting. The Sakuna Pakshi mendicants of Visyagupatnam have a remedy for scorpion sting in the root of a plant called Tellavisari, scorpion antidote, which they carry about with them on their rounds. The root should be collected on a new moon day which falls on a Sunday. On that day, the Sakuna Pakshi bathes. Cuts off his loin cloth and goes stark naked to a selected spot where he gathers the roots. If a supply thereof is required and the necessary combination of moon and day is not forthcoming, the roots should be collected on a Sunday or Wednesday. In cases of scorpion sting, Dummara medicine men rub up patent blouses with human milk or juice of the milkhead's plant, Euphorbia truchale. And apply them to the parts. Among quaint remedies for scorpion stink may be noted, sitting with an iron cow bar in the mouth, and the application of chopped lizards over the puncture, the excrement of lizards fed on scorpions, and the undigested food in the stomach of a freshly killed goat, dried and reduced to powder, are also believed to be effective remedies. There is a belief that scorpions have the power of reviving even after being completely crushed into pulp, we are therefore warned not to rest secure till the animal has been actually remitted. The whip scorpion telephonus is believed to be venomous. Some natives stating that it stings like a scorpion, others that it ejects a slimy fluid which burns and produces blisters. The caudal flagellum of telephonus of of course, possesses no poison apparatus. When the umbilical cord of a coned baby sloughs off, a spider is burned in the fire, and its ashes are placed in a coconut shell, mixed with castor oil, and applied by means of a fowl's feather to the navel. The eggs of red ants, boiled in marcosa melia azardyreta oil, are said to be an invaluable remedy for children suffering from asthma. If a house is infested by mosquitoes, the furniture and bedding by pucks, the names of a hundred villages or towns should be written on a piece of paper. Care must be taken that all the names end in Uru, Kote, Paleam, etc. The paper is fastened to the ceiling or bedpost, and relief from the pest will be instantaneous. The oriya Hadis on the evening of the tenth day after our death proceed to some distance from the house and place food and fruits on a cloth spread on the ground they then call the dead man by his name and eagerly wait till some insects settle on the cloth as soon as this happens the cloth is folded up carried home and shaken over the floor close to the spot where the household gods are kept so that the insects fall so that the insect falls on the sand spread on the floor a light is then placed on the sanded floor and covered with a new pot. After some time the pot is removed and the sand examined for any marks which may be left on it. A devil in the disguise of a dunk beetle of large size is believed to haunt the house wherein a baby has been newly born, and the impact of the insect against the infant will bring about its instant death. The following case was brought to my notice by the chemical examiner to government in malabar a young man apparently in good health walked home with two other men after a feast chewing beetle. arriving at his home he retired to rest and was found dead in the morning blood was described as oozing out of his eyes it was given out of the cause of death uh, it was given out that the cause of death was an insect which infests beetle leaves and is very poisonous The belief in death from chewing or swallowing the vettalai or vettilapoochee beetle insect is a very general one and is so strong that when a person suffers from kiddiness after chewing beetle, he is afraid that he has partaken of the poisonous insect. Native gentlemen take particular care to examine every beetle leaf, wipe it with a cloth and smear chunam over it before chewing. The Puchi is called, by Gadat, Vettile Pampu, or Murkhan, snake, or Vettile Tail, scorpion. It has been described as a poisonous creature which lives adhering to the beetle leaf. Its presence cannot be easily detected, and many deaths occur among persons who are in the habit of carelessly chewing beetle. The poison passes into the system through the moisture of the mouth, and death ensues within an hour and a half. It generally inhibits the female leaf, that is the leaf that opens at night. The following symptoms are seen when a person is affected with the poison. Exhaustion, delirium, copious perspiration and change of color of the skin. Treatment Administer internally the juice of the leaves of a tree called adipera. Make the patient suck the milk off the breast of a woman whose baby is more than eight days old. A pedichait earthworm was sent to me from Malabar as a specimen of Vetilapuchi with a note to the effect that when it is accidentally chewed, the chief symptom is drawing in of the tongue and consequent death from suffocation. The antidote was said to be salt and water in the leaves of the Goa guava tree from South Canada. mister H. Latham sent me a planarian worm about two inches in length, which is believed to be the Vethilaputchi. His camp boy told him of a case in which death was said to have resulted from eating one of these animals cooked with some jackfruit. A few years ago a scare arose in connection with an insect which was said to have taken up its abode in imported German glass bangles, which complete with the indigenous industry of the Gazula Bangle Makers, the insect was reported to lie low on the bangle till it was purchased, when it would come out and nip the wearer. After warning her to get her affairs in order before succumbing, a specimen of a broken bangle from which the insect was said to have burst forth was sent to me. But the insect was not forthcoming. As further example of the way in which the opponents of a new industry availed themselves of the credulity of the native, I may cite the recent official introduction of the chrome tanning industry in Madras. In connection therewith, a rumor spread more or less throughout the presidency that the wearing of chrome tanned boots or sandals gave rise to leprosy, lead poisoning, and failure of the eyesight. End of section 9.